Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going on, Chiefs Kingdom? We are back, players only. They had us on hiatus for one week after a big Giants win, but we are back in the building. We got Sean Barber. Bum, 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 bum. My man Joe Maisie. Shout out to Joe Meezy. Yep. Shout out to Joe Mays, who's not here with us this season. And I am Danon Hughes, and we are back for the, I guess we can consider this the week 10 version of players only. Bum, 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 AKA Raiders week. Now we can say we'll be with you each and every Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m., and we're going to chop it up about the Chiefs and anything else that's going on and relevant in the sports world. Uh, as we do each and every week, we have, we have our show that is chopped up into four quarters, just like a football game in this first quarter. We always go right to the previous game doing a recap. But before we get into that, I want to – Open up the phone lines and the text line, 913-576-7610. If you haven't listened in a while, we have the third quarter that is dedicated to the fans. Call in, text in during the show, and we will do our best to tackle each and every thought. Our show is sponsored by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help. Turn it into your next pursuit. Barbershop, your insight. On the Chiefs, they have a two-game winning streak. Had a big win against the Giants, my New Jersey Giants. We're going to call them New Jersey Giants because they're really in New Jersey. All right. Um, I shouldn't even say mine because I didn't grow up a fan. You know, I grew up, what, 20 minutes from there, but not a fan. But we beat them, sent them back to the East Coast. And then last week we get the Packers, Aaron Rodgers-less Packers, and we get another win. Both close wins, but your thoughts? I mean, I think I'm going to keep it simple, right? They say the KISS method, keep it simple. Um, I think defense arrived. I think defense, everybody's got healthy. Uh, we know what it looks like now to have uh, C. Ward out there, uh, Snead. We know what it looks like to have um, 22 and Honey Badger out there at the safety position. We know what it looks like to have Bolton, um, Hitchens, and Willie Gay all healthy and ready to play, moving Chris Jones back to the uh, position that he can be a Tasmanian devil. Ain't got to worry about his left or right. He just attacks. Mm-hmm. Go back to attack mode. Um, Frank is looking good off the edge. He's looking healthy. He's looking lean and mean. And then we bring this this this, this mercenary in, <laughs> Melvin Ingram. I love the way he got the, this, his fingers taped up. And it's something That's simple old as that. LT like old school. Taping the fingers up, I mean, you know he getting his nails dirty and everything. No gloves, no nothing. Just get fingers in, the, like, oh. 
And then when he was at the, the interview sessions, when they was asking him interviews about, you know, what is he looking forward to and all these guys, he made it so simple. Like, I'm a football player. I'm, out, I'm trying to get after somebody. And they mm-hmm. said, well, you know, how is your, your emotions? Are you, you going to be emotional for the game when you got to play the Chargers again or when we go uh, late in the season and have to play against Pittsburgh? Are you, is that going to be an emotion? He said, like, emotions? <laughs> what? What's what that? What do y'all? That's not what I do. <laughs> like, I'm here to, man, put me down, put my my knuckles in the dirt, and let me get after somebody. And, I, man, this, this, the reason why he does everything means so much to me. The jersey, the mamba mentality, the way he goes about his business. So I like what I'm seeing with this defense coming together. And offense, hey, they, they have some stumbles and stuff like that. They, they, they We know our offense is going to be clicking when it needs to be clicking. Um, we don't really like what defense is trying to do against – uh, receivers holding us downfield and you know chucking us when they ain't supposed all that kind of stuff. We got to kind of work with the refs and find out when what's allowed ain't allowed. Uh, but I think offense. I mean, we don't keep getting first downs, moving the ball, uh, putting ourselves in positions to win. But I do like to see this defense how they come together and our special teams. AFC mm-hmm. Player of the Week, Tommy T, coughing kick after coughing kick after coughing kick, and that's putting them inside the twenty, sometimes inside the ten. Um, over and over and over again. That's a defense's most impressive punt Ooh. of the night was backed up in the end zone. Couldn't get a first down outside of the five-yard line. He punts it, flips one the foot. field. One foot, one yep. step, and flips the whole field. So, I, I mean, we can appreciate the performance of guys in different phases and different individual efforts, but in a totality, I like to see um, how the defense has come together now that they're healthy and able to go play some really good ball. So uh, I definitely want to ta- tackle the Melvin Ingram acquisition uh, in our next segment, because I think, you know, when you're talking about Odell Beckham Jr. and free agents, I want to lump it into a question that we can ponder regarding midseason acquisitions. But I agree. There's a different energy that came with Melvin Ingram uh, that I think is going to permeate throughout the defense. It's an attitude type of plan and just the mindset. I'm just here. I'm going to go out and play football. It doesn't matter all the other extras that people want to draw up. I'm just here to play football. I remember Jimmy Ray was our offensive coordinator, and he used to come up with sayings every single week. And he came out one week, he said, you know, you throw broken glass all over the field, light the sidelines on fire, and a playmaker's going to make a play. Mm. That's kind of how I feel when you got Melvin Ingram, that – it don't matter what the circumstances is. It doesn't matter who we're playing against. It doesn't matter if you give me 10 snaps or 60 snaps. I'm going to go out there and make a play. Yeah. And that's a good thing for our defense. I agree. They're two good wins. They're, for all the fans out there, maybe from a viewer's perspective, there's such thing as an ugly win. But from everybody in the game of football, not baseball, not basketball, not hockey, but in the game of football where you only play 17, there is no such thing as an ugly win. We don't consider that. Fans might, media might, but players in the locker room consider wins wins and losses losses. That's it. There's no excuses. There's no rationale. If you can get a W whatever way you can, you get that W. Whatever needs to be done on the field, you do whatever is necessary to get the W. You have guys that are getting fined for hits, questionable uh, pushes out of bounds of quarterbacks and so on. And I guarantee, although that, that, that deduction from their paycheck stings and they'll argue it and they'll go to an arbitrator and, and try to get it back, 
they value that win. So when the Giants come to town and people want to discount how good the Giants are, then they turn around and they beat a 5-2 and Raiders team who we're going to face this week, and we'll talk more about that in the fourth quarter. That's a win. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you the Raiders would have liked to have one the next week, and they didn't get that one. So there's no such thing out there in the minds of players, and that's what we do here. We're bringing you players only. There are no – Hosts, no media in here. It's just us from the mindset of the guys that sat in the locker room. You win a game, it's a win. Aaron Rodgers, less Packers team comes in and they get the L. Well, guess what? Two years ago, they came in with a Mahomes-less Chiefs team and got a W. Do you think that there was chatter on that flight back to Kansas, back to Green Bay, saying, "Man, I wish, I wish Patrick Mahomes was playing." Mm-hmm. No, they were like. Thank you. We're going to take this barbecue, and we're going to take this W, and we're going to go back to Green Bay. And that's exactly the mindset that we should have here in Kansas City. We got a W against a team that is really balanced, probably the best team overall that we played, even without Aaron Rodgers, as far as complete. The Bills and the Packers, to me, are the two most complete teams that we've played, offense, defense, and I guess you could say special teams, even though it has some bloopers. And maybe I'd throw in the Tennessee Titans in there, too, as a complete team. And we showed that we can beat a complete team. This game is, is kind of quirky because you could have somebody that gets hurt, like we saw with Patrick Mahomes a couple of years ago. And you can have guys that, like Aaron Rodgers, miss a game, maybe miss a second game, and they'll hit their stride and continue on. We love to see wins. We love to see the energy in the Chiefs' kingdom. But I personally, and I want to hear your perspective on this, I personally don't necessarily care about being the best team right now. It is week nine. We just got completed week nine. We're playing in week 10. Like, who actually cares about being the best team? I know ESPN and Fox Sports, they got to rank these teams and power rankings and who's who, if you had to, if the season ended now, blah, blah, blah. But talk to me when it's week 15, 16, 17, 18, and we're hitting our stride or not hitting our stride, and we're in a position where nobody wants to face the Chiefs in the playoffs. Yeah, going into week 14, if you're 7-7, and seven, um, uh, you know, 500, and then your team comes together and you win four straight, nobody's going to want to see you. Like, like that's every year. Every year – there's a wild card team that comes into the playoffs hot mm-hmm. on an eight game, nine game winning streak. Defense playing lights out, running the ball downhill. Uh, some unknown pass catcher has come up. Quarterback playing lights out, and then you have a team that's, um, you know, the other, the other, you know. But Look at the Patriots. Was that three, uh, two years ago? They yeah. go in as the one seed and as a hungry, battling Tennessee Titans team mm-hmm. that snatches that playoff life from them. Every year. Every, Every year there's, there's, there's a team that has a hot season. Right? When you look at the totality, um, you know, this year is going to be, obviously we got 17 games, so it's going to be a 14-3 and three team, a 13-4 and four team. Man, that team, you know, you know going to get a bye week. And, but there's going to be a team coming in a little bit over 500, you know, 9 and 8. <laughs> that nobody want to face. That everybody looking around like, I don't want no part of that team. <laughs> because for the last – Seven, eight weeks, they've been flat out balling. Mm-hmm. That's the team I want to be a part of. So as we make progressions to get the defense 
continuously to make some tweaks, but all, always turning up that aggression. That aggression got to be on 100 no matter what. That pursuit, that passion, those things got to be 100 no matter what. The way we get after uh, chase the ball, those things, attitude and effort, those are all unquestionable no matter what week we're in. But just the, the gap control, the response, the communication, yeah. the trust, those things got to always be working to and be improving so that when we hit that, that, that streak at the end, when we get to, the, like you said, weeks 15, uh, 16, 17, 18, when we get to those, 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 those weeks. The dog days of the season. Uh, we know what we're doing. Everybody's trusting one another, and we can just go uh, set, set guys free, let them go play ball. Yeah, and you look at the schedule, and we have three of our last four games are on the road. So you're talking about a stretch where if you can get whatever way you can get wins now and carry that momentum towards that final quarter of the season, and then you got three road games in four weeks, Mm -hmm. and then likely because of our record now, we'll probably have a road game in wild card or divisional or whatever. We may have to go up that that avenue, unlike we have had to do over these past three years, that's when things get real. So don't jump off the ship. The Chiefs have two straight wins for the first time this season. They're looking better in some ways. They're looking like they still have ways to go in other ways, but a win is a win. That's the first quarter. When we come back, we're going to talk about these free agents. Talk from a player's perspective about Free agents coming into a locker room, coming into an organization midseason, whether they would have an impact, whether they would be endorsed by other players in the locker room. You hear different schools of thought. We're going to tackle that next. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Second quarter and we're back. Players Only, Sean Barber. And I am Danon Hughes. We got the phone lines and the text lines open, 913-576-7610. Give us a call. Shoot us a text. Got a lot going on. This is an integral stretch for this Chiefs team. Two games before they get to their bye. And in my estimation, two winnable games. But I want to get to, as we talked about earlier, this second quarter of the show. Before we get to the third quarter, remember, the third quarter is time's yours for the fans. Call us, text us. We'll tackle them during that third segment. But during this segment, Barbershop, and each and every week we are brought to you by U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Barbershop, a lot goes on during the football season. There's a lot of business decisions. Indeed. And there's football decisions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they intertwine. Sometimes they are totally separate. Um, with transactions that happen during the season. And here's my thought before I let you, before I give you the stage. Many fans, not a, it's not a negative. This is not a shot towards the fans. But many fans have this Madden slash fantasy football kind of mentality in regards to interchangeable parts yep. with players. And that there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. But they feel like getting a piece in is always going to benefit or at least worth kicking the tires. Uh, from the business perspective and the numbers perspective, I believe there's no such thing as a cap. That's my, mind, my mindset. Because I've never seen a team say, we would love to have X player, 
We just can't afford them. Right? Until I hear that on a on a consistent basis, I'm not going to believe there's a cap. Because on the flip side, what I do see is restructuring of contracts to make way for players to come in. I see situations where they come to you and they give you an ultimatum. Either you take a pay cut or we're going to cut you. And then that opens up the door for them to use money elsewhere. We see guys get extended. We see guys during the season get restructured and so on. So to me, what would conventionally be a salary cap, air quotes, how do you have that if you're able to maneuver like that to that extent? So that's the business side. From the football side, bringing a player in midseason, I think is different on the offensive side and defensive side. That's my, and I'll explain that, but I want to hear you. Yeah, so from the defensive side, I think I break it down. There's two different levels of a defense. There's guys that make the calls and then guys that actually uh, those calls are made to. So either you're the delivery of information or you receive the information. The guys on the field that deliver the information are the linebackers. We're the quarterbacks of the defense. There's also safeties. They're the quarterbacks of the defense also, but more so on the coverage standpoint. So the run fronts and the, the, the way the defense is initially set up between the linebackers and safeties, we got two different levels of quarterbacks that need to see the same thing, be on the same page, know all the calls, the adjustments, the shifts, the motions, how everything outplays. Everyone else on that field is now like somebody is telling them what to do, and now you got to be able to go do it. And the calls aren't that different from one organization, from one defense to the other, whether you're splattering it, spilling it, uh, capping it, forcing it, sky force, cloud force, backer force. It's different terminology, but the techniques are so similar. But learning when, where, and how to use those terms when you're at a linebacker and safety position, you go all through training camp, weeks and weeks of going through breaking down installation, the whys, the hows, the what you're supposed to do. The last thing you want to do is go from one organization, one defense to another, and try to relearn that in the middle of a season Mm -hmm. because then you're going to be hesitant, and when you hesitate, you get beat. Yep. But when you're the cornerbacks or the rush ins or the defensive tackles, those are the positions where all you got to do is wait for somebody to tell you what to do, and then you just got to go balls against the walls, 109 miles an hour. Let your effort and attitude pay off. Let them positions uh, showcase, show up, and show out and do what you do. So those are the positions that I feel like are easily uh, able to be moved from organization to organization, team to team. And now on offense, you got to, you know, Dana, you can let us know uh, what positions are uh, more easily uh, moved and not moved. So, yeah, I believe on defense, to me, offense and defense is like synchronized swimming. And it's like, you know, a a well-orchestrated ballet where everybody is working in sync for a reason. Now, obviously the other team gets paid, so they get paid to move you away from wherever you think you want to go or whatever you want to do. But that's where training camp, OTAs, and preseason come into play because from your perspective as an inside linebacker, what you what is instinctual, not something that you think of because you just mentioned you don't have time to think, you have to react on the, on the field. But what becomes instinctual because you thought about it in practice, you thought about it in preseason, you watch film, et cetera, it becomes instinctual. You don't sometimes realize – The reason why I shoot that gap quicker is because I know that Chris Jones at this defensive tackle, when he gets stood up at the line of scrimmage, 
he gets stood up and he stands his ground so I can shoot the gap because he's going to have my back on on the B gap. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the feel. So to me, I agree with you on defense. There are certain positions at the linebacker where Anthony Hitchens, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay Jr., Ben Neiman, those guys made a conscious and even sometimes subconscious um, realization during the practices of what they had to do to be successful on this defense based on everybody else and what they did. Same thing with the Honey Badger. The Honey Badger does some stuff off script. Like he does some things that are not drawn up defensively. And it's not necessarily bad because he recognizes something mm-hmm. about his teammates and about their roles. Maybe there's a guy that in bump and run, he has more of a tendency to to press and keep his head turned from the quarterback too long. So I've seen the Honey Badger jump bubble routes. Now, that's to me, I don't know of a defense that said, come from the safety and jump a bubble route because they could run a slant and then you got your SOL, right? But yet he has an instinct based on maybe what the other corners are doing in their technique that lends itself to, I've practiced with Charvarius Ward. I've practiced with DeAndre Baker. I've practiced with Daniel Sorensen. I've practiced with these guys, so I kind of know how I can fit. Now, offensively, totally, totally different. Uh, We got on the text line, why aren't we utilizing Josh Gordon from the 785? It is extremely difficult to come into an offense as a wide receiver and be a part, immediate impact of a, at that wide receiver position on an offense that has some other studs. And part of the reason why Josh Gordon has not been able to um, flourish mm-hmm. in this offense is because when the Chiefs are playing close games – And there are times where we're having this tug of war back and forth, losing, having to come back, two-minute drives, tempo offense, no huddle, et cetera. You have had to have been a part of this offense, the offensive meetings, the walkthroughs, the communication, the audibles, the nonverbal audibles, all of that, just to be able to line up. And then also to garner the trust of the quarterback that I know – that you know what you know is the right thing for this offense at this moment because you got split out on the right side, you ran a post route, and because the closest part to the line of scrimmage was the left side, now you're going to come back to the left side. We're in no huddle offense. You need to know what you're doing on the left side as a flanker off the line of scrimmage. You need to know what you're doing on the right side, on the line, as an X receiver, and I need to know as the quarterback that you know. And that's where I think things have kind of not come together for Josh Gordon because he doesn't seem like he has really embraced the comfort level of the entire offense to the point of when we are late in the second quarter, late in the fourth quarter, in a situation where we're down and we might have to go no huddle, that he's going to be able to know exactly what I'm communicating to him if I'm Patrick Mahomes. So there's a different dynamic with bringing guys in. I think it's a huge get to get Melvin Ingram. He's a different kind of dog that will infuse a different kind of energy and attitude with this defense. Because with that kind of body, I mean, as far as body of work and work ethic, you can't help but to latch on. 
You know what I mean? You can't help if you got a stable of horses and you tie them all together. If that one lead horse is a stallion, the other guys behind him ain't got no choice but to keep up with the mm-hmm. stallion. And that's where you have with Melvin Ingram, a guy that's going to come in as soon as he walked on the field with the 24 jersey, you kind of felt a different energy. And then when he made the first, he just bull rushed on the first play, pushed the tackle way back into, uh, into uh, Jordan Love's lap. Didn't get the sack, probably didn't show up in the stats, but there was a different energy about that. I don't know if Josh Gordon can infuse that being a third or fourth target on offense. I don't, and I don't think, in my personal opinion, I don't think it would have been worth getting Odell Beckham Jr. We got a text line that said from 785, so do I think OBJ would have been worth it? No. I don't think that he would have. I think it would have been a distraction to some extent, and I don't think he would have garnered the trust from Patrick Mahomes, Eric Bieniemy, and Andy Reid in the absorption of the offense to be the impact player that we would sign him to be an impact player that he needs to be in regards to coming upon a contract year and, and going into the offseason as a free agent looking for another big contract. Yeah, I think we have enough receivers to understand this offense. We have guys that have good skill, good ability. And I think even if you listen to Andy Reid during the week when he talks about um, the possible addition of OBJ, the first thing he said was like, man, we got a, we got a room full of really good receivers already, so – like, um, you know, Veach is going to kick the tires. He's going to explore. He explores everybody. Everybody who's a free agent gets explored, get, get, gets evaluated. So it's no, no more or less depending on if you're OBJ or not. Um, but in, in, no, in no reference was he insulting the guys that are already here. What, what's your thoughts on that? Because that was before we go to break and halftime. Your thoughts on Jalen Ramsey and the wide receiver core, which I thought was unique got Odell on a Zoom call, on a conference call, rather, and pitched coming to the Rams versus Patrick Mahomes saying, in Brett Veach we trust, Veach handles all that, Andy Reid in Veach, Veach handles all that, et cetera. What do you think of those two dynamics? I think you have a whole locker room in L.A. that, that knows that the organization is pushing all the chips in. And if you're a player and all the chips are getting pushed in, you got to think about the, uh, the, the next year of your salaries. So all, all, everybody else who's a big money guy who's thinking they're going to be in L.A. in 2022, 23, 24, yeah, you can, you can make this push to let's go all in and let's bring in Von Miller, let's bring in OBJ. All that did is bring in other superstars that are going to demand millions of dollars per year that's going to make it less likely you stay. So you best to uh, um, try as hard as you can to bring as many horses to the table uh, to win right now and win a championship this year because it ain't going to be much left to, uh, to feed the stables uh, when you talk about trying to go for a ring 22-23. i tell you this, and before we go to break, I'm that player that would absolutely not lobby for another receiver to come upon my receiving core. I'm a wide receiver. Unless Lake Dawson, Chris Penn, J.J. Burden, Willie Davis, Webster Slaughter, all those cats was hurt and could not contribute I'm riding with my dogs that have been there with me through OTAs and training camp and garnered enough trust from the, the higher-ups to keep out on that roster. I'm not calling no other receiver to come into my receiver room and possibly take my spot or one of the spots of my boys. That's me. It could be selfish. It could be people might think of it as not being big-picture team-esque. 
but I'm riding with my dogs that's been there, that's worked with me throughout. There ain't nobody that I believe is going to be able to come in and take my reps, take reps from the other dudes, and, and, and impact the team better than what we already got. That's halftime. Players only. That's Barbershop. I'm Danon Hughes. When we come back, time's yours. Time's yours. Give us a call, 913-576-7610. Text line is open. We're going to tackle it all next after halftime. This is Players Only with Danon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. <clears throat> Time's yours. Halftime's over. We are back. Sean Barber, Danon Hughes here. And we are brought to you by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Let's remember the phone lines and the text lines are open, 913-576-7610. This is the Time's Yours segment. We got a lot of text messages to tackle barbershop. You got to clean off your glasses over there. Get the fog away. Man, you know my glasses always be on fog time, man. I'm a hothead. It's Raider Week, yeah. man. My 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 steam been coming out my collar. Yeah, it's Raider Week. Everything I've been on fire about talking football, but man, I just I, I do want to. I can't wait to get to that next segment. I, I know time is yours. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be on the phone line. We talking text line, but man, I just want to start telling some stories about the Raiders, man. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna tackle it. I figured we needed to wait until the fourth quarter because that could be a whole. Show in itself, talking about Raider week, Raider experiences, that match up. But before we get to that, I want to shoot back to one of the texts that came in before we came on the air. And that was, did CDOT bring the gift card from the 913? Now, we could probably hit a pitching wedge over the Chick-fil-A from here. Maybe a six, maybe an eight iron. 200 steps. Yeah. I count it. You count it? 200 Two, steps. 227 steps. And it's 638, going on 639 right now, and he left out of here, said goodbye right at 6 p.m. How long does it take to get 200 steps, get a gift card, and come 200 steps back? Unless he sat down and had himself dinner, he ain't coming back. And I, I But mean, he said on air that he was. I, did, he, I, did he say? He yeah. also said the Raiders were the best team in the AFC. He also thinks the Bills are the – Going to the Super Bowl, he got the Bills and the Rams playing. There's a lot of things that he says he thinks, and I keep hitting him upside the head with his wooden stick. I keep <laughs> R- R- Rafiki in him Rafiki. Week, week in and week out. The game is one in the trenches. Stop looking at all this fool's gold. Everything that shines ain't gold, man. Like I keep trying to tell him, like it's it's in the trenches. That's where it's won and lost. He don't listen, man. He don't yep. listen. But all right, so we got the text line open. I guess we got to start tackling it now from the eight one six barbershop. Is there a reason why there's no extra juice or energy for Raiders week? There's nothing indicating that th- that it's a must win against a hated rival. Man, you must not know me then. Cuz I've been I've been on fire. I've been on fire since the game was over um against the Packers. I didn't even go into my normal ritual victory Monday. Usually usually after every win, yep. I get on my game pass, I look at the all 22, I break down you know, mistakes or mental errors and who made big plays. Obviously, like I said, the AFC, to me, the player of the game was definitely uh, the punter as far as the way he set up this uh, our defense to leave those long fields for the Packers to go. Um, obviously, um, Ward and Snead played tremendous ball games also. 
I didn't even I didn't I didn't have time to go. I was so it's excited. It was Raider Week, and after seeing the Raiders get demolished yeah. by the team we just beat two weeks ago, that has even made me more hungry to get into that film. I went right into the Raiders week watching them get demolished by the Giants and looked at how the Giants has continuously won the trenches. Yeah. Won the trenches over and over again on both sides of the ball. Won the trenches. Yeah, I think it's interesting. One, it's Raider week, and we both have had multiple experiences. I only lost to the Raiders one time in my career. Undefeated. Undefeated barbershop? B-shop, we, undefeated we versus own the Raiders. Them. We pretty much own them throughout my career. And But yet, Raider Week was special. And for those of you that may have never heard the stories or never tuned in in the past years, when we talked about Raider Week, uh, when I played for Marty Schottenheimer, he hated the Raiders with a passion. He, it, was, it, was a, it was a tear-jerking moment moments throughout the week as we prepare for the Raiders. Like, it was like a, a never-say-die attitude. We played against them in Oakland. I played against them in L.A. when they were L.A. Raiders. Then they went back to Oakland, got a chance to play with them there, against them there. Um, and it was the only time. You mentioned the 12 o'clock rule. For those listeners out there that don't know what the 12 o'clock rule, when you win or lose, play at 12 noon, Game's over at 3.15. You win or lose. That Whatever you are relishing about that game is supposed to not go past midnight. Because at midnight, you're shifting to the next opponent. That's, in theory, what that midnight rule is. Well, Marty, no matter who we played, mm -hmm. like when we came off the field, he had already sent in the equipment managers and interns. They hung paper around the locker room, wrote on the dry erase boards and the chalkboards, F the Raiders, it's Raider week, get your mind right, all of these different things. We hadn't even taken our uniforms off from who we played that day. <laughs> and it was already Raiders week. So uh, I've always said the best coaches are the best, best brainwashers. Mm -hmm. Best coaches brainwash you into doing things that maybe you never thought you could do. I never thought I could play special teams. And I played six years and captained them for four years. I never played special teams in my life. Marty said he just kind of drilled in me. And the next thing you know, the light came on. I was like, oh, yeah, I could run through that wedge like that. All right, I, yeah. could, I could protect this punter. I can run down the, run down the lanes and stay in the R3 or, or L3. And um, so it's Raider week and it's real. Now, yeah, you might not be hearing it as far as the rival and the hatred, but I guarantee you with it being Sunday night football, and let's remember Chiefs Kingdom, this is the first game, Barbershop, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. This is the first AFC West matchup in Vegas that the Raiders have had in their new stadium with fans. Okay. With full capacity. They've played – AFC West teams already this season, and they played away. But this is the first time the hated Chiefs are the first team on Sunday night football, no other football going around on in the world, Sunday night football, and we got Chiefs Raiders with a Chiefs takeover in Vegas for the first time that fans are going to be able to uh, experience this rivalry in this matchup. It's going to be real. Man, it's going to be real on so many different levels. Obviously, the um, obviously you're going to this game, this is – it's been, a, it's been a while since the Chiefs haven't been atop the AFC West. And not only atop, I mean, we're, we're behind a few teams now. Um, but the Raiders had a, a, a tremendous start to the season. 
Obviously, the game I remember most is the game against the Ravens when they, you know, that that overtime or late fourth quarter back and forth against mm-hmm. Lamar. They end up um, um, finding a way to, you know, secure that victory. Uh, but thirty-three the, twenty-seven in overtime. All right, in overtime. But the, the way um, the, the, you have to, you have to in your heart know. And it brought up when Dana said, "Hey, man, like at the end of the game, they're already putting up stuff about the Raiders." In your mind, as a player, you, we already knew that though. Like, 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 even with Coach Vermeil, you know, he's he's not as a, a fiery guy as is 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 a Gunther Cunningham or as Marty Schottenheimer. But you know that his his, his the venom, the, the the hatred he had for those Raiders. When you accept the coaching job of the Kansas City Chiefs, you almost got to check the box that you hate the Raiders. Like that that comes with the <laughs> that's part that's part of the uh, background. You talking about the interview process? Oh my with goodness! Clark like what is your Hunt true and Lamar Hunt? Like you know what do you think about our schedule? If you don't have a if you don't put a sharpie across the Raiders, then you're probably not going to get the job. Those are the win. Those are the two wins. Those like they do matter more, yeah. and they matter more to our fans. They matter more to our uh, the owner of the team, to everybody in the building. Um, there's there's a there's a, a Hatfield and McCoy. There's a certain type of rivalry um, that goes on between these two organizations that um, it hasn't been much of a rivalry lately because the Chiefs have been so dominant over the last eight seasons once Andy Reid got here. But um, you know, since last year and the circling the stadium and some of the little things that were uh-huh. said and done, um, you know, every time the, the Chiefs, you know, some of the you know, the, the, you know when they had two or three losses in season, sometimes uh, Derek Carr has had you know uh, been on the other side of some of those wins. And so, like I said, I, I was two and zero against them, uh, two wins in the two thousand three season. Um, weirdly, that was the only two times I've actually played the Raiders. Oh, really? It, it, yeah, playing here with the three seasons due to injuries and uh, missing games for different reasons. Um, I, I only played the Raiders twice, but uh, both games you beat really, them up. Uh, Fifteen total tackles, uh, two two sacks. Uh, put put, put uh, Rich Gannon put in Rich the Gannon in the traction. old folks' home. Yep. yep, put him out for his career. So I mean, I, I think I had a pretty effective career versus the Raiders. Uh, but what I did know is, no matter what the schedule said, no matter what our records was, you had to eliminate all that. Yeah, because we were going to get a championship effort from whoever lined up, starting quarterback, mm-hmm. backup tight ends. They could have got. They could have been down to their sixth and seventh offensive lineman. See, this is why I don't mean to cut you off, no, Barbershop. This is why I didn't want to tackle the Raiders matchup during times <laughs> yours because we have ten text messages that we could get to that are not necessarily geared around Raiders, but that guy sucked me in. Yeah, it's Raiders. He week. sucked me in with the Raiders comment. I knew I shouldn't have listened to it. I shouldn't have watched it first. Maybe text line and, need to realize it's Raiders week. That's my bad, y'all. We're still going to try to tackle the rest of it. We got to go to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about, I guess we can talk more about the Raiders. Yeah. Just the keys to victory. We got to still tackle some of these texts. This is Players Only with Damon Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Fourth quarter of the show, Players Only. Sean Barber and I am Damon Hughes. We're in the fourth quarter. Each and every show is brought to you by our friends at U.S. Bank. Whatever your passion, U.S. Bank can help turn it into your next pursuit. Barbershop. What yeah, man, I'm, I'm gonna give a love, a little bit of love back to the text line. We obviously we missed the third quarter. The time is yours, but from the nine one three, they kept it so simple. It says get period Derek period car period. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Like Just keep it simple. Keep yep. it simple. It's 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 a it's a it's a doggy dog world. We know when it comes down to it. 
You got to stop the run and get after the quarterback each and every game. Don't matter who's playing in those positions. Stop the run. Get after the quarterback. We got an 816 that said, fellas, anybody give a crap about tonight's game? Yes or no? I mean, I do because it's a team that we're trying to hope to get, you know, knocked yeah. off the top. So, yeah, we want the Ravens to lose. I don't think that's going to happen against the Miami Dolphins. But, hey, man, we've seen the, the, the Denver Broncos beat the Cowboys. We've seen. Got me my first check in Survivor. Jackson Jag, Jaguars beat the Bills. I mean, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's not, anything can go now. And obviously, the Giants beat the Raiders. So, um, there's a chance. The football is going to be snapped. You never know what happens. Uh, but we, I think we're going to have Lamar put on the show tonight, as he always does. He's my favorite for MVP this year. Uh, we'll see what Lamar Jackson does on Thursday night football. Man, there's a there's a text that's four, five texts long from one guy. I'm sorry, bro, from the 913. We can't get – I can't even read it before we have to get out of this show. <laughs> so, text or call in next week because we'll tackle that question. It was about the draft and investing into a tight end and so on. I'd love to hear you hear from you next week. We could chop it up about that. Call in. Call, call in. Call in. From the 816, Raiders week, Jared Page would own them. Jamal Charles worked them over. Vermeil going two for two for the w- win Raiders week. I love the memories that fans have in regards to Raiders week and this matchup. I think it's one of the more hated ra- matchups uh, in NFL history. People mm-hmm. might argue that the Steelers and Ravens, but the Ravens have only been around since the mid '90s, yeah, I got I mean, I played against some guys that was I was an idol growing up. My 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 childhood idol was actually Jerry Rice. So playing against him when he was with the Raiders, that was man, that was bittersweet for me because yeah. it was at the end of his career. So he wasn't himself, but still being on the same field as somebody who I idolized, idolized. as a young man, uh, him and Tim Brown, um, so many. I mean, obviously Rod Woodson, Charles, all, all those guys. I mean, the Raiders do have a historic um, 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 history history of some phenomenal players. And I oh, think yeah. they said during the game, they're going to have 10 Hall of Famers um, for their pregame. And they're going to be um, saying some kind of presentation about Charles Woodson. So it's going to be a great night, Sunday night football. It's going to be amazing. But we know how the outcome is going to be. No matter yep. all that, who who wear a coat, where, when, and how, at the end of the day, we're going to have more points than them. Yeah, I think this is a winnable game for the Chiefs. I think we got to protect the edges. Max Crosby, created some issues. If you go back to last year's game when they beat us here at Arrowhead, they were the first team to kind of show the kink in the armor against this Chiefs protection-wise in regards to Patrick Mahomes. They lined up with the wide guys, wide nine techniques, and they basically said, your tackle is not going to be able to block me in space. And Max Crosby, Cleland Farrell, Carl Nassib last week gave us fits. And now they got Yannick Ngakwe, and he's he's a he's a man. He's a beast on the outside. So to me, securing the edges is going to be key. I think you're going to see some more quick hitting run plays that are not necessarily zone reads where Patrick Mahomes is riding the running back, but just a quick hitting man on man block. Running back find a, the the biggest crease and put your shoulders down and get some yardage and and nullify those guys on the outside that want to line up extra wide and try to rush the quarterback. Um, I also think that we got to take away their big plays. Derek Carr, like you said, he's been a guy that's made big plays this year. He's number one in the NFL in 20-plus yard completions. Um, I should say he's top five in 20-plus yard completions for yardage and how many completions he's had. And that's, you consider, he's been without Henry Ruggs III because of that, the you know, that so-so sad situation with the car wreck. And 
But they are a team, and you and I have been in locker rooms, whether it's high school, college, or whatever, where you, are, you have a rally cry where you believe it's us against the world. And when you jettison John Gruden, you jettison Henry Ruggs III, you jettison another first round and Damon Arnett, in that locker room with leaders like Derek Carr, they're probably like, it's us against the world, guys. Like, everybody thinks we're, you know, we're misfits. Everybody thinks that, you know, we don't, we're not pros. We got to go out there and fight every week. Yeah, that can be a rallying cry. Yeah, they're going to talk about the coaching. You know, now now our, our head coach, we got a special teams coach coaching us. We yep. don't have our number one receiver. We, you know, we got Deshaun, Watt, uh, Deshaun Jackson, Jackson coming in. To, you know, how fast he going to be able to catch up and be a part of this. Yeah, I mean, he's going to look around the room and say, well, the guys that are still here, Edwards, you guys, obviously Josh we still Jacobs. got Jacobs. We got uh, Hunter Renfro. We got, you know, uh, all these guys that are still here, Drake. Like, what are they saying about y'all? If we don't have a chance because we lost rugs, what did I say about the guys that were already here? So that's going to be something that it's going to be a rally cry. Um, it's going to make that locker room, you know, kind of even become tighter. I think the loss against the Giants was yep. a, was a, was a punch in the mouth, gut punch, whatever you want to say. It's going to make those guys get a little bit more, uh, even play it closer to the vest. So those guys going to come out hungry and, and with some attitude in the first couple quarters. But like they said about tight, everybody got a game plan until you punch them in the mouth one time. So and Exactly right. And we expect a whole bunch of haymakers thrown Sunday night against the Raiders. That's Barbershop. Yes, sir. I'm Dayton Hughes. We got Julio directing all the traffic. We'll be back with you next week on Players Only. Peace. This is Players Only with Dayton Hughes and Sean Barber. Thursday nights at 6 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.